Our first reading comes from the first letter of John, chapter 1, verse 1, through chapter 2, verse 2. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard and what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was revealed and we have seen it and testify to it and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we are walking in darkness, we lie and do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned and make him a liar and his word is not in us. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. We continue in the Gospel of John, chapter, 19, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. So the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I've got something special for you today. I know a lot of times when I ask you guys to put yourselves into the Bible, I'm always asking you guys, to be the outsider, to be the disciple, to be all sorts of people when you think about these stories. 
Today, you get to be Jesus. Okay. Now that's the good news. The bad news is, is that what you're going to have to try to do is hard. The good news is that it's worth it. In John, the gospel story tells us about poor, poor Thomas. And he has gotten a very bad rap as one who doubts it, one who doesn't believe. And it's not quite that easy. Because when Jesus appears to all the disciples but Thomas, they are dumbfounded. They don't say anything. They don't do anything. They don't make a move. Not until Jesus shows them his wounds and goes, guys, look, it's, it's me. You can, you can see that it's me. I am here. And then they rejoice because they've seen. But when they tell Thomas, he goes, I didn't see what you guys saw. I didn't, I didn't get to experience that. And until I can see it for myself and I can touch it, I can't believe you. And so Jesus comes to them again. And he says, Thomas, look, see my hand and feel it. See my side and feel it. No, it's me. And Thomas rejoices. Thomas didn't believe because he hadn't seen. Because Thomas was in the middle of a very, very stressful ordeal. They were all afraid. They were all afraid and they were all mourning and they didn't know what happened to them. They didn't know what was going to happen and suddenly everybody's saying, well, we were all just hanging out and there was Jesus. And he goes, look, he's dead. I know he's dead. They crucified him. Unless I see it for myself, I can't believe. Thomas is asking for the same thing that all the other disciples had. Because none believed without seeing. None believed without having those wounds be shown to them and have the opportunity to go, oh, this is him. And there are still many today that they need to see something to be able to believe. They need to be able to have something that they can reach out and touch to be able to believe because maybe that hope is just too great. Maybe that leap of faith is a little too far to make that jump on their own. And so we have to look to Christ for the example of how we bridge that gap. And what we get is Christ's response to Thomas. Thomas says, I won't believe unless I can see something. Jesus doesn't show up, put his hands behind his back and go, look, I'm not showing you anything until you tell me you believe. He doesn't stay hidden and go, well, you know what? I'm going to write down what happened, read it and believe it, and that's going to be good enough for you. No, Jesus walks up and he says, peace be with you. Thomas, look, here I am. I know you're having trouble. See, believe, because you know. Now I can't have Jesus walk with me everywhere I go so that I can say, look here, touch his hands, feel his side. So I have to figure out, how do we do this without the wounds for people to be able to touch and feel? 
How do we express to them that Christ has died for their sins, that he was crucified to set them free? That we become an example of what this freedom means. We become an example of what it is to live as though we have died on the cross with Christ so that we may live as someone who is risen in Christ. And we walk in the light. We walk in the light so that people can see us. So that people can see what we do. People can hear what we say. People can see how we act. And that becomes our sign of Christ. That we show love the way that Christ loved. That we show mercy the way that Christ shows mercy to us still. That we act in Christ in all that we do. That instead of seeing somebody who doesn't believe and saying, well, I can't understand how you would ever do that, and you'll just have to come to terms with that yourself. That we say, you know what, I understand that maybe you don't believe. But I do, and I'd like you to understand how I do. How can I help you? We could just hand somebody the Bible and say, here, read this. This will get you through everything. But the problem is, if they're in a situation like Thomas, they're already stressed out. They're already worried. And they've already got problems up here that they don't know what to do with. They're going to go, well, what am I supposed to read? What am I supposed to know? What am I supposed to understand? I need this now. I need to know all of this now. So I say, okay. I will live it for you. I will love you without expecting anything in return, because God has loved me without expecting anything in return. I will help you because Christ was willing to die for me on the cross. He was willing to die for you, so I will help you with whatever it is you need, and I will ask for nothing in return. Because I already have everything I need. Because I have Christ. I have the promise of the cross. I have that faith. I can't expect everybody just to jump in and go, oh, well, I believe too. Because it's not that easy. People have questions. People have doubts. People have fears. People have worries. And people have been hurt, sometimes by the church. How do we convince somebody who's been hurt by the church that the church is still there for them, to help them heal? By reaching out a hand and saying, I will help you heal. I will help you in whatever problems you have. I will help you as Christ has helped me. We show compassion. We feed the hungry. We clothe the naked. We visit people who are sick and people who are in prison. We get down and we talk to those who are outcasts in society. We give a hand up to those who have been knocked down by the stresses of life. We let the least and the last know that they matter. We seek justice for the oppressed. And we overturn the tables of the money changers in our time. The people who would steal the truth from from under us. People who would feed us lies to cause us to hate a brother or sister. 
and we help God's people. Because if we believe that Christ died for all, then it means that everybody out there who doesn't believe just doesn't know yet that Christ died for them and that they can share in that freedom. That we have been set free from sin and death. The sin holds no sway over us. But if we have yet to accept that we have died and risen in Christ, then we still feel that heavy burden. And so if somebody has that heavy burden, we say, can I make your burden lighter? Because Christ has lifted mine off of me. Let me help you lift yours. If somebody is struggling, we say, let me help you with that struggle and let me make it my own, that I may share in it with you because Christ has already helped me through all the struggles in my life. That I know that He has more in store for me than I could ever imagine. So I'm going to give what I can now. We walk as those who have been risen in Christ because we walk in the light as a beacon of hope. Because when somebody is without hope, They have nothing to look forward to. They have nothing to keep them going. They have nothing to keep them pushing forward. And so we lift up those who are celebrating and we mourn with those who are mourning that they know they are not alone because we are with them and because Christ is with us. Christ is with them. That we are there for each other so that all may see Christ in us. That we go out and we help. Not because somebody will reward us, but because it is the right thing to do. Because others will see. Others will see the light. They will see that beacon of hope and they'll go, well, how can I have that too? You seem to live a life free from worry that everything is going to come crashing down on you. How do you live without that worry? And the answer is, I walk with Christ. That yes, I still have worries. But I know that my worries are in Christ's hands. And your worries can be too. I trust that God will see me through whatever comes my way. And he can see you through too. We have the courage to say... I know whom I believe. And I walk as one who has been crucified with Christ, that my sin was put to death, that we may love as one who has stepped out of that tomb and left it empty behind us because our sin is no more. Because we have been given a promise of a life greater than we could ever imagine, a life beyond this life. And I don't want to keep that to myself. I don't want that to be my secret between me and God. I want to yell it from the mountaintops. I want everybody to know, this is not just for me, it's not just for you, it's for everybody. It's for everybody. And I don't want people to feel afraid to step through those doors. I want them to say, there's a place where I could belong. There's a people who want me as I am. There's a people who understand I'm broken. 
who understand I'm hurt. But there's a people who love me anyway. There's a people who love me without questioning whether or not I deserve love, whether or not my life has value, whether or not I'm worthy. And we don't question it because we all know that none of us is worthy. None of us is worthy of God's love. None of us is worthy of the redemption that we have found in Christ. None of us was worth dying on a cross for. But for some reason, God still thought we were important enough to do it. God saw value in us. So we must see value in each other. Walk in Christ's footsteps. Carry him with you wherever you go. Let them see the marks in his hands when you give a helping hand to those in need. Let them see the wound in his side when you tell somebody that you are on their side. Let them know Christ's love and his mercy through your mercy and your love. That we go out to make disciples of Christ for the transformation of the world. Until we are called home. Because I don't want to get there. I don't want to get there and have to look to Jesus and say, I was too scared. I was too scared to do your work, Lord. And I want to get there and I want to say, Lord, I did everything I could with you. I did everything I could because you were right there with me. And I did everything I could because I love you. So love those who feel unloved. Mourn with those who are mourning. Celebrate with those who are rejoicing. Lift up those who have been knocked down. Help those who have seen injustice. Find hope once again. And live as if you are risen in Christ. Because he loves you. He believes in you. And he will never, ever let you down. Amen.